welcome back to the Beers and Steers podcast. This is episode four of the 2018 season, and boy, is Texas... Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. We are officially... No, I'm not going to say it. We are... We're not we have returned. Or a cesspool? Yeah, we have returned. We have returned from Austin from the USC game after that convincing win and cover against the spread, and I, uh, it was a comeback win too. Yeah, it was. It was. It was not promising to start, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, we have returned. We're not. We say like we're. We're, we're returned. We're like starting to make a U-turn, but we're not like we haven't made it yet. Exactly. We've got a good. Uh, we've got a good voicemail later on though. A little teaser. That's what they call in the business. A little teaser. We got a good voicemail pertaining to is texas four-letter word um later on in the episode but first off we'll, we'll kind of give it a little outline we got a little usc game thoughts and uh what we thought what we saw on the offense and defensive special team side actually uh, big step up for the special teams for the horns and the first time in a long time i can say that uh we'll dive into some voicemails after that we've got a good good user submitted voicemails they're kind of ragging on uh, really ragging on me but and also just some solid ranting going on from uh one of our favorite actually our one and only guest vince applewhite the coach up at marshall university he's he's the special coordinator but uh really disappointed that marshall didn't play last weekend i know it got rained out but hey we are um this weekend against nc state taking the thundering herd money line but anyways after voicemails we're getting to the tcu preview and what we think of the game and what we think will happen and uh finish up with the games of the week but first off we're gonna get back to our roots john what is the beer of the week uh our beer of the week is coming from fort worth uh Wild timely Anchor. you know i think we did one in our first season um from fort worth yeah it's been a minute since we've had we, a beer of the week we did the moonlight um, shine the first season yeah, uh, shout out to Thomas Rochelle for calling us out for not having a beer. Yeah, kind of slipped through the cracks for about a year and a half. We got too excited. How. Yeah, we just we kind of, we lost you know that new hire kid. He kept forgetting to get the beers, and then we've yeah, already done this intro five times. And this is the first time we remembered it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it only takes us five hours to film this. Thing, but, <laughs> all right, Wild Acre Texas Wand is the beer of the week. Give it a give it a try this weekend. As you're, if you're in Austin or if you're somewhere around Texas watching this game, so yeah, give it a try. The brewery um, is in Fort Worth, but it is owned and operated by a Texas Five Game Delta alum. So, give it, give them your business if you're wow. in Fort Worth um, or on the wrong side of the Metroplex, like myself in the Dallas area. But uh, first off, big thanks to everyone again for submitting voicemails, sending Snapchats, saying what up to us. That was awesome. Just walking around the tailgate and everything. Everyone talking to us and uh, seeing how everything was going, interested in supporting the pod. We really do appreciate that. Uh, like we said last week, we want to make this a little more user uh, user input friendly. So that's awesome. That keeps us going. Um, kind of going into that, we've got big uh, big plans with the head of, head of marketing, Alexa White. She is, now has a name. She has earned her name. Wow. She has earned a plug. Yep, no, she earned it. Uh, yeah, no, she definitely deserves a she, cred, but yeah. She has been uh, – she added us on Instagram at beers and underscore – beers underscore and underscore steers. Please go add us back on Instagram. She will be updating you when we post new episodes, um, when we post anything, what y'all are thinking. 
a little bit about me and John, if you don't know too much about us already. And also, we've got t-shirts and koozies. They are officially on sale. The t-shirts are $15, and with each t-shirt purchase, you will receive one koozie. Uh, if I can't count, you might receive two and be lucky. But Venmo me at Stuart slash McLaughlin, $15. And you will have Wait, a what? Stuart slash McLaughlin or Stuart dash? Hyphen. What? The the middle one. <laughs> you know what I'm doing. The minus sign. Stuart minus. Dash. Whatever. Stuart so slash. Stuart minus McLaughlin is the Venmo <laughs> for fifteen dollars, and you will receive a fine, perfectly no holes T-shirt. Um, that will have the Beers and Steers logo. Go to our Instagram page, and you will see a mock of it. That could have been catastrophic. We would have had zero people pay us. Some guy, Stuart slash McLaughlin, would have walked away with about $1,000 because so many people want this shirt. Yeah. Go follow the uh, the Instagram, like you were saying. Um, huge shout-out to Alexa for taking the lead on that and the uh, intern to be named um, later on uh, for hopefully helping us out and expanding that. It's really uh, – kind of grabbing some attention and there's gonna be some new traditions throughout the week uh for those who actually don't listen to this whole podcast they can kind of follow the instagram and, and kind of stay um involved via that manner whether it's uh, player of the week or just random posts that we put up just to get us through the uh get us through the week wait but, i'm not even joking i'm dead serious i just looked at my phone and two people already paid me 15 dollars. how i'm dead serious are we live? No, no, no. Well, no. Alexa already put it up on Instagram. Oh, okay. Well, that was like 30 minutes ago. Robert so. Ehrlich, shout out. He wants an extra large. And uh, hold on. This is what happens. If you pay us, like, we will give you a shout And Maddox Land, yeah. she wants a large. 48 seconds ago, she paid me $15. Boom. There you go. All right. Bring it on. Let's go. Keep it coming. That's awesome. Like Hell yeah. Okay. Like well, the, yeah. if you pay us, then you get to get a solid shout out. But, yeah, $15. Stuart Dash. McLaughlin. Uh, yeah, that's, that's politically correct. Yes. Koozie included. Uh, first off, let's get into it, John. You did not make it uh, down for the game, unfortunately. I was there, and wow, it was rocking. It was unbelievable atmosphere. I got to Bevo Boulevard um, probably about 6.30, and it was a madhouse. Like I'd never waited that long to get into a game, and it was 30 minutes beforehand. Uh, the Bevo Boulevard was pretty cool. You can see, like, we'll get into this. I'll get into the second, but, like, there's less ads in the stadium. But walking into the stadium, there is way more ads, which I'm fine with. Keep it all outside the stadium. I mean, Del Connie knows what he's doing. Walking in, Bevo Boulevard, I mean, every five feet, you're looking at a new sponsor. But it's $5 yeah, beers, and it's packed, and, like, you don't see as many ads inside the stadium. So Yeah, you got to keep that advertising somewhere. I mean, that revenue stream is right. Just- pretty important to keeping the lights on it's not cheap to keep dkr ready for for games exactly uh, i've heard nothing but good things i mean coming off of what we were talking about earlier um heard great things about being on the boulevard and people getting there early and um even to the point where they have someone stand up and say hey everyone people on the boulevard shut down go inside like i think it's 30 or 35 minutes before the game so it forces people um to slug down that drink and then just go in uh, probably causes a major bottleneck at the gates. But yes, it does. I'm not too worried about 
uh, Del Conte and is it Arthur Johnson who runs the facilities. They'll uh, they'll get enough ticket people to get everybody in if we continue to win and see the types of crowds like we did this past weekend of a hundred and three thousand people. So brand new records. That was awesome. I was getting in is, another beer when they announced that, so I didn't know that until the day after. But you uh, blow it. Yeah, I know. Uh, everything inside the stadium was incredible. The band entrance is a little different. Uh, they don't do like the cadence where it's just the drum line when they're lining up in the end zone. They just go That's right into March Grandioso, which, you know, no big deal. It's one of the, like the best song of all time. One of the weird little things that I just noticed because I'm a weirdo. There's no stupid giveaways. There's minimal ads. Scott Fisher's fat ass is fucking gone. Um, R.I.P. Uh, no, not R.I.P. Non R.I.P. Rest in. Never mind. Uh, Don't worry, he'll still be at basketball games or something. Yeah, he probably will. <laughs> the it was just so much better. The music was just louder. The speakers were louder. Like I don't know, it was just more fun. Like the stadium on that fourth when we'll get into it, but Herman declining the penalty, like was so loud. And then when we blocked the field goal, it was the loudest I'd ever heard. Like honestly, I think yeah. it was. I've heard I've heard that from multiple people. I think. I mean, my only comparison would be Missouri in 2008. Uh, shout out to anyone who remembers that game when we absolutely destroyed Chase Daniels. It was awesome coming off the 45-35 game against OU. Um, but, yeah, I've heard it was unbelievable environment. Um, everyone's saying pretty positive things. So that's the kind of home environment we need to be successful. Um, shout, so out, with- shout out Kate Kelly. She just Venmoed me $15 too. Wow. Uh, yeah. People, if they, they're going to start to realize that we post this on Thursday, so if you text us Thursday night from like 7 to 9, you're most likely going to get a shout-out no. on this podcast. Yeah, but you also got to pay us, too. Well, yeah, but if it's something like... If you pay for a about, t-shirt and and text us, then you'll probably get a shout-out. Well, all right, Tom, we never really said when we're going to get them out. The goal is to give them out to OU Weekend. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's a good point. We will have them ready by OU Weekend. Yes, so the supplier says... Find the dealer, infiltrate the supplier. Okay, let's get into the actual game on the field. Yes. Uh, yes. Overall, I thought it was a great performance. I mean, we hadn't seen a comeback kind of win. It's so weird to say comeback, but, like, it was. We were down 14-3 to in the first quarter, and JT Daniels was looking like Matt Leinert. Uh, That was not good. But I weirdly – I turned to my dad, like, after they scored that second touchdown. I go, I'm not worried. This defense, they just look – they're just in the wrong place. It's no big deal. This will get fixed. And yeah, sure give enough, you have time to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah, and sure enough, they pitch a shutout for three quarters after that and shut down uh, the freshman quarterback and the rest of the USC attack. But um, JT Daniels kind of looked like Ricky Fowler, like if with a helmet. Yeah, on, he did. <laughs> he did. He kind of looked like Ricky Fowler. I was Dude, like, wait a second. I was impressed. Like for a true freshman, that guy looked pretty damn good. I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, I give him, I give him like a solid B. I'd give him like a B plus. I thought he was above average quarterback for a true freshman. Like him and that Amon Saint Ra, whatever that guy's name is. Like next year they're gonna be pretty solid. I'm happy that we don't have to play them. You know, without Chris Boyd and uh, Devontae Davis, that would suck. But yeah, uh, good thing we got LSU instead. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> shit. I don't want. Hey, oh, go Tigers. Uh. Let's the, like I, the comparison I'm seeing a lot is like is this our Notre Dame from game from no I mean sorry sorry go, go ahead twenty twenty what was that twenty fourteen um, no God that was like twenty sixteen oh twenty yeah it was twenty sixteen yeah, right. 
Yeah, because this is the second Notre Dame game. So 2015, yeah, yeah, it was 2016. Yeah, 2016. Sorry, I I don't believe so either. I think you've got a pretty good reason, you know, why why it's not. I was saying no uh, to something else. Actually, oh. I kind of do think it's very similar to Notre Dame. I don't oh. think USU is very good. Oh. Um, so uh, we we talked about this, but I I don't think it's Notre Dame is going to be. Excuse me. I don't think USC is going to be as bad at the end of this year as Notre Dame was, mainly because Notre Dame had a pretty rough schedule that year. Uh, but uh, USC, man, they are not a good team. And I've told this to everyone that's kind of like came up to me. like, oh, Longhorns are, you know, blank, fill in the word. And I'm like, man, I, I, I'm excited to see Tom Herman win a game and some good momentum within the fan base and kind of dilute some of that negativity. But USC, uh, they've got a lot of work to do, and Helton's got a lot of work to do to get that fire under his. Uh, make sure he doesn't get fired this year. But dude, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I I don't agree with you as much that they're not, you know, like that good. But like, if they completely tank and you know win like four or five games, he's fired 100, percent which is crazy because they were in the Rose Bowl what, two years ago. Especially the Pac-12. Right. Especially oh. since they're in the Pac-12. Yeah, the Pac-12 is a freaking joke this year. But I think that's why they'll look decent. Like. They don't have to play anybody. Like, if they beat Notre Dame and win, like, three games – three – oh, not three games. They win, like, five games in the Pac-12, like, that's a solid year for them, you know, four or five games. Yes. So – We I, need Maryland – we need Maryland to keep winning games. Why the hell do they have to lose to Temple or something like that? Yeah, that was that was, that was was not good. But, uh, all right, let's jump into the actual good on offense. Uh, we'll just go – what we saw that we liked um, starting off, uh, where I'm always got a soft spot, um, the big uglies up front, Sam Cosby and Calvin Anderson. I The crazy thing about Calvin Anderson is he's like the most important guy on the offensive line, and I think he's getting the least amount of credit for what he does. I was literally about to say that. I, you don't even have that written down, and I was going to say the exact same thing. It's crazy. Like He's been unbelievable so far. He's kept Sam clean uh, the whole time. They've been able to run behind him pretty well not unbelievable but his pass blocking makes up for it and Cosme is like cemented himself as like the true right tackle nobody's taking that spot for him and he's probably gonna be the left tackle next year uh it, can, they both had great games it was awesome to watch you can tell the uh, yes agreed but you can tell the difference between the two is the penalties mm-hmm. Anderson does not commit penalties. yes like, as, I mean yeah maybe one or two there but Cosme had a few false starts maybe one or two I think in this USC game and then I don't know. That's just kind of an execution thing that you can see with the uh, lack of experience in Cosme. But, yeah, I, I'm very pleased to see that. Uh, provides us some depth, especially when Shaq gets back. Do we know if Shaq's going to play? It's very unlikely. What's the injury again? Uh, foot again. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty content with Erod, Kurt Stetter, and then uh, Sam on the right. I think that's I agree. pretty solid. I agree. Also, uh, shout out Louise Erlich. She just Venmoed me $15, too. Uh no, I agree. I was talking to my dad about this too after the game. I was like, I wouldn't if even if Shaq was healthy, I don't think you start Shaq. I I mean, what you, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna bench Kerstetter. You're definitely not gonna bench your senior captain and Erod. I think you roll E-Rod, with what you got. Erod must be like I hate to say this, but like the try hard guy. Yeah, he makes like no mistakes, and I think everyone loves him. Yeah, I think so too. I agree uh, with that. All right, let's keep moving. So we kind of. Our goal is to keep this thing moving instead of us just rambling. So, us rambled? No. Yeah. A few people told us where we get a little monotone. A few? 
Well, that was because we were losing. <laughs> it just was really hard to do this podcast. That's when we were, like, actually heavily drinking during this podcast. <laughs> but now we have jobs, and it's not fun. But my, I'm getting kind of lame with my first good um, repeating myself. And so, um, assuming everyone can get it. If you listened last week, you'll know who it was. But little Jordan Humphrey, um, again... Had an unreal play to make the defender or make the defender miss. I think that was our first touchdown, right? Yes. Yeah. So he um, and then literally the separation he created from all the other. That's been there, though. Yeah, and then defense. Uh, defense, wow. But then uh, the separation he created, but also the block by Johnson on that play was great. But uh, again, leading receiver, eighty-four yards, um, only four receptions, but obviously it was the vast majority of that was the big touchdown run. Uh, but again. Uh, very, very athletic guy. I expect him to be on our list of goods every week, and uh, looking forward to everything he can do. I agree. You better not steal. You better not steal my next good. So. Ooh. Okay. No, I'm not. No, I know who you're gonna pick him. I'll give it to you. I'll go with my next good one. Is Andrew Beck. I think he listens to the podcast. If he does, <laughs> shout out 47. I remember talking to you when you were uh, having even started school and you're coming to the Fiji house and getting hammered. Uh, yeah. No big deal. Not a big deal. But uh, Follow the gram. Follow the gram. Follow the gram. Uh, I thought he played unbelievable um, in in our run game and how much better it looked, even without Ingram. He's got to keep that up. Like, he is such a key component in this run scheme with Herman that he is, like, probably the most important block on most runs that we have. Uh, He also had that huge first down grab. I can't remember what quarter it was. I want to say it was on the second, but – I think it might have been the second end of the first half in the second quarter, but he played an unbelievable game, unbelievable blocking. I, again, like if it's in a toll booth type thing, or in a, sorry, in a phone booth type situation, it's just <laughs> him and another guy. Like he's, what? you know what I'm talking about. Like he's like unbelievable, and just that one on one, like can manpower pretty much anyone with his speed and his strength. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to be in a toll booth with him. That'd be a little, little unnecessary. Toll booth is just bad. And the quarter's not working. Your pa- pass him. pass isn't working. And then you know, I saw crazy. him like get absolutely rolled on one play, but he like stopped the guy. I think it was a DB who was just mad on sprint on a rush, and he back just filled the hole and got destroyed. But he knocked the guy down. Yeah, that's uh, all you gotta do. But yeah, make, I agree. Take I space. The, yeah, give Sam an extra second to throw the ball. Um, yeah, I. I want to see how he continues to progress. The, I mean, he's obviously a reliable catcher. It's kind of there for us when we do need that third and four. But I want to see him progress in the, in the run blocking game as well. Um, my next good before we move on to the bads, which should be pretty few, um, or very. I mean, there really isn't any bad on. The there offense, wasn't any bad on offense. No, there really wasn't. It's kind of just like he wasn't as good. But right. my good, aka actually great, is not technically offense, but we don't have the special teams. Uh, section for this, so our boy, Dicker the Kicker. Dicker the Kicker. He uh, uh, got a shout-out by Yes Johnson. Um, he did? So Johnson actually said Dicker the Kicker. No, he on, didn't. Yes, he did on the kick before the end of the half, and I freaked out. That's awesome. I was like, he, I was, oh, my God. I wish I, I wish we could say we first made that name, but we definitely did not. We definitely but, did not. <laughs> no, we definitely did. You but, yeah, wait, first. what are you talking about? We totally did. Uh, but no, huge. I mean, the first kick was a pretty easy one, kind of a weird angle, but got his confidence up. And then the next two were 46-yard kicks, one at the end of the half. To get, I mean, was a huge momentum shift. And then again, um, I can't actually remember when the other one was, but again, two 46-yard kicks. Gives Tom Herman and this coaching staff a huge, mo- like, 
uh, confidence boost to not have to go for it on fourth and four on like the 38 yard line anymore or 34 yard line. Um, so looking forward to seeing how he continues to be an asset instead of what we've dealt with in the past few years with Rowland and whoever else there was. Um, so yeah, great, great game by him and looking forward to seeing some more moving forward. Uh, okay, there was no bads like we just mentioned, but there's just a couple maybe needs improvement, especially this week against TCU. Uh, my first one was uh, Devin Duvernay. He is just so damn fast. Like He has got to be able to stretch the field and use his speed to his strength. I mean, we'll get into the TCU defense a little later, but I, it's not what it should be, especially in the safety and DBs and corners he should have like one huge catch this this year or this game um and we need it like it's just one of those games you kind of have to have it if we want to keep their defense honest other than that like you know i didn't see it you had one kind of you know bad that ended up not being that bad but still bad well on duvernay one thing i I noticed i actually wasn't watching the game where i could hear it but i at least had the uh replays to see on like all the game but Duvernay had a lot of post routes where he was open, but Sam was looking at LJH or LJ Humphreys um, on the wheel routes a lot. Yeah. So I'm looking. F- I want to see if that can. T- I mean, Joshua Moore's or what Josh Moore's TD catch was the same route Duvernay was running all night. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to fault Duvernay for you know not getting seen. <laughs> yeah. Too fast. <laughs> uh, my faster. bad um, was a. Not necessarily a bad game, but a bad moment was Daniel Young's fumble. Fairly bad time of the game. Kind of could have put the icing on the cake, and he uh, – or we had all the momentum when that happened. Right. Thankfully, wasn't a game changer, but you can't do that in Dallas. You just you can't do that against Kansas State. You just can't make mistakes like that. So. 100%. And he got benched for a while after that. But, uh, all, all right, right, let's let's so, go let's go over the defensive side. Uh, John, you had, you had one good that I, I – completely 100% agree with. Fuck, I can't remember which one was mine. Oh, okay. Are you the first one on our notes, or am I the first one? I don't know. I think All I'm... Right, well, just go. I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Davis. Yes. Is that the one you completely agree with? Okay. Yes. So, yeah, unreal game. Um, it was nice to see him come back from an injury and be, be effective. Had three tackles. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if everyone noticed this, but he had an absolute knock mm-hmm. on the placeholder. Yep. And <laughs> I, I was, saw that, and I was like, oh, God, they're going to call it. They're going to call it. Yeah, call it. I thought they were going to call it, too. But, yeah, he knocked the guy out. And then the kicker, I don't know if the kicker actually got hit or if he was just acting like he was hurt, but, like, he just fell on the ground. Really? <laughs> yeah, if you watch the replay, I'd <laughs> recommend everyone watching that play again. And you'll see the – block kick by Stearns and then he he should have picked up the damn ball but he missed it and then Devontae kind of gets out in the head and then like destroys the placeholder and then keeps running and I don't know who it is but the kicker like sees the guy and just falls on the ground and I don't blame him because if I saw that and I heard that kind of crowd roaring I would be like oh I'm done oh uh, 100% but, yeah, Devontae uh, glad to see him come out and have a solid game again and uh, give us kind of some more depth to the DBs since apparently they don't want to play Anthony Cook anymore than they are. So right. uh, we'll maybe get to that later, but I'd like to see Anthony Cook play some more. So, all right. Um, also, my other guy, uh, good, was 
Jones. Sorry, I'm reading other notes. But uh, B. Jones had a lot of open field tackles that were huge, keeping USC's offense kind of at bay. And, uh, again, kind of solidifying that, that defensive back uh, crew for us. So looking forward to hopefully him staying healthy and continuing to be successful out there. It is unbelievable how good he is at open field tackles, like just on his own. It's He yeah. uses his speed and it's like great technique. It's very – uh, just kind of refreshing to watch and see that going back from like the Dylan Haynes era where it's just so many whiff like run block run tackles and stuff like that but yeah. uh, on my side like I mean I think this isn't a huge one since the entire Big 12 agreed and he was named Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week but Gary Johnson had an unbelievable game I think he had four tackles for loss he finally played like we all expected him to right. play like that we had, that's what we needed for the past three weeks and he finally came out uh, that just needs to be the spark for him the rest of the season to play like that. I mean, if he plays like that every week from here on out, like he's a top three round pick, you know, maybe flirting with second. Uh, that's that's not a surprise. I'll give you third round later. Like, Dude, he's just kind of small. I know, but if he's playing with that tenacity and stuff, like how do you not? I, I, he's Like I said, he's got to play like that every single week, and that's hard to do. I understand that. But, like, he was in the backfield the entire time. We had they had negative five rushing yards. If you take out the sacks, they had twenty rushing yards. That's incredible. So, props off, props to Gary. That's unbelievable. Keep it up. That's the kind of linebacker play we need. Uh, getting into the bad stuff, I think there's one guy that we really, I think all Texas fans were screaming for. It was I heard so many people screaming his name, and I think rightfully so. PJ Locke. Yeah, Locke was just not good. The entire game. Uh, it was funny. Was I saw, uh, you know, the first first play of the game on defense is Josh Thompson trots out there. I was like, okay, wow, all right. There's some, you know, alignment, smart play. Let's go. Like that. We'd been talking about. We talked about that last week. We were like, I think we'll see JT play a lot more. And sure enough, he trots out there. And then the rest of the game, they still kept on playing PJ, and he kept on getting burnt. I was like, oh my god, like. I'm pretty sure Tom Herman listens to this podcast, too. I doubt that. But if he does, please listen to us more. And please play uh, – shout out Walker Kaufman for paying me. Uh, please play Josh Thompson over P.J. Lockmore. And also, he, follow the gram. And follow the gram. Secure the bag. He's just so damn slow. And he doesn't – he had that one great pass batted down, which was awesome. I'll give him that. But other than that, like, he really just didn't make one play. And it but just, I don't think – I don't think anyone will start over him. I think he just is an experienced guy. He's a good, like, solid dude to have in the middle. I mean, they're not going to blow over Sean's uh, red shirt. I mean, maybe give him one or two games, but I don't. I don't think there's someone else to really re- replace him. So, I mean, I think we're going to see him all year. Right. Well, all right. That kind of wraps up for the USC game. Uh, some really bad notes is lost Malcolm Roach for probably about two months, probably the rest of the year. You really hate yeah. to see that. I mean, he'd been playing so well. Uh, he'd been put in some tough spots with Wheeler getting, you know, out for the first half of Maryland, then Gary getting out. He just had he, – he plays in a position that he's not supposed to play in, and it sucks. But hopefully he can medically redshirt and come back and just be the rock of the defense next year. We need him bad. Who do you expect to kind of absorb a bunch of those snaps? I think Shark. Um, maybe Delhi, but probably mostly Shark. Uh, and he played what okay. Osai? What? What about Joseph Osai or Osai? Osai too, yeah. Um, he's been playing that position as well. 
I think Shark will get the first knock at it just because, you know, he has by far the most experience. So, yeah, I, if I had to guess, it would be Shark. But that was really the biggest injury coming from the from the TCU game. Um, it sucks. No, USC game. USC yeah. game, sorry, looking into the TCU game. Uh, B.J. Foster, talk about, I mean, that awesome hit, but we can't afford that. I mean, obviously it's, we have B. Jones and uh, and Stern back there to at least hopefully get us through the first half, but if any injury, injury happens. Yeah, For, small uh, small shout-out Chris Brown because the first play, he got ejected and we're still on defense. First play, Chris Brown comes in for him and they blitz him right up the middle and he gets a sack. That was awesome to watch. For yeah, a, a yeah. guy who's been with the program for, God, how long? Um He's a junior. He's a junior. I thought he's like a like a, at least a redshirt junior. But um, I don't know. I feel like we've had like four or five Chris Browns come through the program. <laughs> hey, Chris Brown, Chalky Brown, you know, they're all the same. Uh, but yeah, that shout out him big time. But just kind of wrapping up. Great win again for the Horns. Kind of a a bounce. I'm not gonna say it. Game. Uh, let's go the whole the rest of the podcast, the rest of the season without saying it. That's gonna be really tough. That's gonna be tough. Okay, let's jump into it. I think this is kind of turning into everyone's favorite segment: voicemails. We got some pretty good ones. This first one is from a little shit in Fort Worth. He's actually in Denver now. John Stewart, it's a pleasure. Um, first off, I can make a suggestion um, about the uh, the uh, radio um, thing that y'all got going on right now. Like, be, can we maybe get Stewart to uh, quit talking so much? Maybe John. Take over some responsibilities. Thank um, you. You know, it's kind of like the rain um, setting on a on a sound machine. Um, <laughs> watching it today at work, and my work didn't make me fall asleep. Stuart's voice sure as hell did. <laughs> so that's just my first suggestion on that. And I'll, I'll try to keep this short and sweet because I had a bunch of things I wanted to say, but I think I have time. Um, first off, we, we play up to our competition. We play down to our competition. Agreed. For some reason, TCU has just continued to whoop our ass the past four years, and I'd like to know what it is. First, I'd answer what it is. It's Gary Patterson. That yep. wizard, I want to know what the hell he's waking up, what he's fucking eating for breakfast. What? How, how does he do this to us year in, year out? At least Saban has the players. You can say Saban's a great coach. He has the players to back it up. TCU, Gary, I mean – he, he can't just win alone on his players, and, and I don't know how he continues to have our number every single year. I don't understand it. That small private school in Fort Worth doesn't deserve what they're getting. Their stadium holds half the people ours does. A third, um, but yeah. I just want to know what the hell's going on with that series. Um, you guys are doing great. And uh, eat your words on that, those uh, picks last week. Uh, all right, that was a uh, shout out, Robbie Thomas. You little. I don't piece. even remember what our picks were last week. Uh, we both said Texas would lose. So. Hey, it's called superstition, Robbie. There you, you know. go. But no, uh, I agree yes. with you. What what's what's the biggest secret is Gary Patterson. He's an unbelievable coach. Uh, he's you're talking uh, too much. He what? You're, I said you're talking too much. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah. No, sh- shut the fuck up, Robbie. Uh, the <laughs> he's right though. The, the point about Saban, like Saban, obviously has the players and. It's turn that into like it's self-sufficient machine like Patterson doesn't have that Patterson's taking these Juco guys and what they call them today the like uh, misfits or something you know like this team of outcasts uh, I saw someone in Sports Illustrated called that 
And I don't agree with that completely because they've gotten some really good recruits over the past years and stolen some from Texas. Like Jalen Rager is probably going to have like two touchdowns this weekend. Yep. But Patterson is unbelievable against us. He's just a great coach. I don't. I, there's not much else to say besides that. I think yeah, there's a few other things, but he, I think he, has probably run the best program in Texas since 2010. He's been the. I mean, yeah, 100%. Baylor had a few. Baylor had a few years, but he's had the best program like long term since ever since we've been down. I mean, 100%. obviously that's a really easy way of saying it, but. Props to him. He's done a really good job with very uh, little talent. But he, he always has that one guy on offense or that, you know, two or three guys on defense that are just studs. But then the rest of the – he's able to, you know, make it do with a lot of other guys. Um, to answer your other question, Robbie, he definitely has got a guy who has, like, oatmeal in the morning. <laughs> I don't know, like – I don't know why. He just seems like an oatmeal guy. But, yeah, he's been very successful. And, I mean, I have I – mean, y'all are from Fort Worth, so you guys hate him, but I really don't. I don't really hate them as much as, as some yeah. people do. It's, I know it's, from yeah. personal people that I know who have played for him, and he's kind of a, a dick to offensive linemen. But mm-hmm. other than that, he's uh, you know been very successful, and it looks very stressed out like all just like all the time, sweating all over the place. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I fucking hate TCU more than any other team. You know, since A and M left. Um, and OU's just, you know, kind of been dominant. It's a lot easier to hate TCU just mostly because how obnoxious they are. But it's and hard they keep to, beating us. Yeah, it's hard not to respect Patterson and what he's done. But uh, all right, let's go to another voicemail. Um, this is another solid one. Morning, guys. Maffridge here. Uh, calling in. First time nice. caller. Gotta say, love the show. Y'all are doing great out there. Uh, first note. Y'all see my boy Bevo15 down there? Get after those kids. God damn, one of them yeah. actually fractured his foot. A little inside information for you right there. Uh, now to football. If I see Texas is back one more time, everyone is jinxing this fucking game, all right? <laughs> I love it. Don't get me wrong. Big win against USC, but please stop saying Texas is back. If Herman outcoaches Patterson, I will say Texas is half back. Okay, I'm excited for this weekend. I think we got a hell of a shot at them. Um, my final note, I want to say, and I kind of want to hear y'all's thoughts on it. Caden Stearns, can he live up to Earl Thomas's career at Texas? Because the way I see it, is he's he's starting to get there, and he just has that natural ability back there, kind of like how Earl had. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Have a- all right. Shout out, um, shout out I completely agree. Horns have returned. They have not. We're not blank. Um, I do like the half blank though. That's a good one. I agree with no. him. If if we win this weekend, we're half blank. No, because we still got to no, no, we are not. Cause we still got to mm-hmm. go to Kansas. Actually, we never won against State, but we still got to go to Dallas. And if we go to Dallas, yeah, then, then we're then, full blank. But if we beat the, if we win this weekend, we're half blank. If we beat OU, we're full blank. All right, let's talk about Caden Stearns. Um, <laughs> I agree with you, I, Zach. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the comparison. Also, Bevo on. did – one of the handlers did actually fracture his foot. Against, Dude, he got destroyed. Who was that kid? I don't know. It, I don't know who the kid was, but he did get fucked. <laughs> are they going to – they're not going to bring Bevo out like that every game, are they? Yes. No, that's every. That's a new thing. That's going to get kind of – I'm not going to lie. It's cool for the first few times, but it's like, okay, woo. 
Yeah, I saw people getting mad. They're like, you can't reinvent, reinvent traditions. Like, how the fuck did they become traditions in the first place, you idiot? Yeah. All right, back to the voicemail. We're getting off topic again. Uh, <laughs> the Caden Stearns comparison to Earl Thomas. I love it. Um, I think very similar. I hope Caden Stearns doesn't turn into such a head case like Earl Thomas has. But um, That's more of his NFL career. Yeah, I know. But uh, very similar, I think, will be – a three-year starter. Um, Caden Stearns will be a three-year starter, and we'll probably go to the NFL yep. uh, after that. I know, shout-out to Webb and Chris on a comparison. I believe that was who gets picked first in the NFL. Would it be Stearns or Foster? Maybe Ooh. it was something else. There was some other comparison that they have a bet on um, and that I like. It's going to be a good compar- or good, to, good thing to watch over the next few years. But um, athletics are, I guess, talent-wise, I think – Earl is a little bit better than Stearns just because I've only watched Stearns for a few games but uh, physicality Stearns is freaking awesome he is not scared of sticking somebody and I mean absolutely putting his uh, head on the line he's done an awesome job so far yeah I agree completely um, I did not I did not think Stearns would be this good so this far you know this early uh, but he is fully lived up to that five-star potential I think already which is crazy to say three games in but I think it's anyone in college football would agree with that he looks incredible unbelievable against the run so rangy against the pass I mean he's your perfect safety there's not much else to say about it my only concern remember how Jason Hall everyone was like oh yeah first freshman year I'm a little nervous about that but yeah he just kind of plateaued he never really got better each year yeah, so, but Stearns, like, really, this summer was when he kind of proved himself. So, clearly he's got a fire, and I like him a lot. All right, we got one last one. Unfortunately, this is from our boy Vince Applewhite up in uh, Marshall, coaching the special teams. Unfortunately, he uh, this one got cut off because it was, uh, you can only record three minutes, and he covered the full three minutes, and I think he was going for about ten so we're just going to play the little first part and just let you get a little taste of uh, taste of it. This is before the USC game, by the way, and it was left at uh, not early in the night. It's Vince Applewhite from the mountains. A uh, couple thoughts on the game that is in about 19 hours, <laughs> a little bit less than that. Uh, it's a big one. No shit, Sherlock. We have to be able to run the ball. No shit. Hager and Charles have to get pressure because USC is, I think, 123rd in protecting the quarterback and sacks allowed and all that jazz. If we can't get sacks against these guys, it's going to be a long year. Which Hager still did not do, I hate to put way. too much focus on one singular game, but the way the season started, Herman really needs to – I'm not saying win the game, but you have to be competitive. You have to play harder. you got to stop doing stupid shit that we did versus Maryland, which cost us the game. And we also did versus Tulsa, which almost cost us the game. You've got to change the – I mean, I know Ingram is probably not playing because of his knee. But at some point in time, you've got to get an offensive identity. And that's the biggest problem is we want to run bubbles, but we don't want to – Embrace it. We want to do everything a little bit okay instead of being really, really good at one particular scheme, one particular thing. 
All right, that's just a little taste of it. I, I agree with 100% what he's saying. Obviously, it was before the game, so we lived up to most of that hype. But, again, shout-out Vince Applewhite. Uh, we had a little talk. He's going to send us another one, and he is aware of the uh, shot clock this time. So, hopefully, we'll get a full one in. Hey, he's a, he's a passionate passionate fan. Yeah, I respect it. we got to respect it. But let's go into TCU real I, quick. I will say, though, wait, he did say make one good point before we spill in. The fact that we did not beat ourselves, like, mm-hmm. like we did in Maryland with all the false starts and the equipment penalties and yeah. the – I mean, you name it. We, we finally did not beat ourselves, which was great to see. 100%. No, I agree. The penalties were not nearly as bad, you know, um, compared to U.S. – or, sorry, compared to Tulsa. Maryland and Tulsa. Yeah, like that was a lot better – not a lot cleaner of a game, you know. So, I, so. yeah, I, the penalties, we only had – it's set, we had seven, but they were for 46 yards, so not nearly as bad yards-wise. But, yeah. Keep, no, keep the voicemails coming. Keep the voicemails coming. We really do appreciate it. Those are three awesome ones. Uh, if we could have those every week, that would be so cool. We could just turn this into a voicemail show. Maybe we could do a separate show where we only do voicemails. Uh, that number is 802-487-6107. Again, 802-487-6107. Let's jump into it. Our opponent for this week, the Purple Baylor Horn Frogs. Don't sound too excited. Jeez. From the 817, the 76107, the 76106, the 76108, the 76102, the 7870. All right, chill out, Eminem. Relax. We, uh, we played TCU this weekend. Yeah, those guys. Um, we... God, I got pissed off just saying that. Yeah. Um, so let's just jump into play week, I guess. Want to tell everyone to look out for. I'm sure if the people are still listening at this point in this podcast, they know enough about TCU. But, uh, yeah, the quarterback, Sean Robinson, um, what are your th- initial thoughts on him? He's a stud. He is going to be unbelievable the next two years. I am not looking forward to playing him for the next two years. I wish ill things would happen to him, but he's too good, and they that won't happen. Uh, he is he is an unnatural throwing motion, and I think he's a little susceptible to some errant throws, especially you know being a true starter as a retro freshman. But he can really pick up some yards on his feet, and we've got trouble ahead for us. So – I remember when he was playing in high school. I don't know where, but it was just north of Austin. And he was starting to get some, some love on Twitter from the typical UT Twitter people. And I was with Webb. Shout out to Webb. And I was like, man, dude, look at this guy. And we kind of followed him for a little bit. And he was he was like, wow, that guy kind of looks like Vince Young a little bit. But, of course, everyone compares it really athletic black quarterback to Vince Young. But um, – <laughs> I remember Webb and I talked about him. Like, God, let's hope Charlie goes after him. It never, he never even looked at Texas. Nope, it was, never did. It was TCU and like Oklahoma State and someone else. I can't remember who it was, but um, yeah, very scared of this guy. Has unbelievable running, unbelievable running talent, and um, will be interesting to see if we try to get him to throw. You know, kind of force him to throw a little bit, but that's going to require Hager and our boy Chuck to have some. Uh, some pressure on him so we'll yeah. see well they've got i think um kind of going to that they've got you know their typical wide receiver threat with jalen Rager we hint towards earlier and the longhorn killer Kevonte turpin that's gonna be a terrible matchup especially if pj Locke is still playing in the slot trying to cover up Kevonte. i think they put someone else i mean we gotta find somebody i think so too i wouldn't be surprised if they do you know like a boy just follows him wherever he goes on the field type thing yeah but um uh, kind of got mad respect for Turpin, though. That guy is so fast. He's a beast. Uh, but on offensive line, they lost a lot of starters, and they don't 
they are not nearly as good as you have. I think TCU is one of those teams that's just always had a solid O line, which has led to their success for the past you know ten years. And they don't have it as much this year. Uh, our defensive line versus them is pretty neutral. I you know I don't see one squad being that much better than the other. I think that's pretty much a head-to-head matchup right there. Um, same for our offensive line against their D-line. Their D-line, they suffered a big injury. Ross Blacklock, at the beginning of the season, he was a freak. He was like 6'5", 320, and ran like a sub-540. He was an unbelievable athlete, and they lost him Gee, to an Achilles. Chill out, Adam Schefter. Hey, man, Jeez. I know my shit. Uh, but <laughs> the linebackers are good. Ty Summers is a stud. They've kind of moved him to outside linebacker, letting him rush a little more. He's quick as hell. He's really good. Um, but DBs, DBs, their nickelback price, he's number six. He is a stud. He is very quick. He's everything that you want P.J. Locke to be uh, without the stupidness. So watch out for him. He made a couple great throw plays against Ohio State. Um, he is probably their best DB, but their corners are a little small. Patterson always loves those smaller kind of quick guys compared to the big physical corner types. So, and their safeties are not nearly as good as they have been in years past. I think they can be exploited, especially with our wide receivers. Colin Johnson, I'm looking at you. Uh, DuVernay, I'm looking at you. Will Jordan Humphrey, you need to have another 90-yard touchdown. So, I, and another weird thing about this TCU team is their special teams is really bad. They've had two botched snaps, sorry, two botched punts, uh, not great on field goals, and not great on kickoff and kickoff return. Yeah, so. they were they were in the game with Ohio State until their quarterback, or excuse me, geez, their punter botched the snap. Shout out at shout out Adam Nunez, All Saints alumni. He was a huge weirdo in school, but now he's a punter <laughs> for TCU. Legend over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you were you can't have mistakes like that against Ohio State. I mean, they were having a great game, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if if I mean, they're we need to almost hope for like a mistake like that as well for us. I mean, hopefully the crowd. Uh, the crowd's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to see that again. But we need we need to hope that our special teams either miss a field goal or uh, you know a botched punt again. Um, you kind of made enough points on their team, um, so I think we start rolling into our predictions. Which I would love to see how many like whenever we predict that we lose mm-hmm. or win, like how how we are accurate. I, I want to know. I wish I guess we could find our notes and see how we've done. But, I mean, we've got them somewhere. We just got to go through it, which we're too yeah, lazy to do. Yeah, we'll get that. the intern to do it. But, <laughs> get uh, the, um, Alexa, get on it. <laughs> the, there's no way she's listening right no now. No chance. <laughs> you can text me and call me out on it if you are. Uh, oh God, I hate this. But TCU wins 31-21. Um, we just... I don't know. I think we need to have an unbelievable game on defense. But we need to have a game from Hager and Omenihu, just like we had against USC. Um, I think Sam will have to have a perfect game to give us a chance. Um, and we'll need to have something go in our favor, whether it's a pick six. Uh, we need mistakes from TCU. So I, I just I think Patterson comes in and unfortunately gets another win. Was it the sixth straight or seventh straight? Mm, I think Big it's straight. fifth, but uh, yeah, it's 2013, fifth. 14, 15, 16, 17, yeah, something, whatever. Uh, I think I think TCU wins 31-21. Okay, it's weird because I was actually thinking the very similar. I was thinking TCU 30-20, to 20, but I, I agree with you. And I'm not saying this purely to say it, to like just hope that we, you know, since I, we said they're both going to lose. We both said that we lose last week and we ended up winning. But 
I agree. I don't think um, there's just it's just too tough of a game for us. Uh, I will say against Ohio State, they kind of fell apart in the second half. So if Texas is within, let's call it 10 points, we'll say even 14, at halftime this game is not over. TCU completely fell apart. Uh, Sean Robinson had a terrible interception shovel on a shovel pass, and then he had a really bad uh, fumble in the end zone, and then the bot snap. It just didn't look like a normal Patterson squad. So yeah, something like that apart. happens, like, you know, it's it's possible. But I still I agree that it's just too good of a TCU team. So, yeah, 30 of 20. It sucks. It's going to keep on going. I will say, but. we need Dicker the kicker to kick it to the back of the end zone every time. Don't give Turpin a chance. Yep, we need 100%. On punts, too. Bucheski, whatever his name. Just the punter's cousin. Michael Dixon's cousin. He's pretty good at kicking out of bounds, so just do it again. All right, real quick. Games of the week, like we always do. Aggie at Bama, the 230 game. Aggies are <laughs> plus 27 and a half. I'm taking the Tide. I'm, I I don't care. I know it's a huge spread. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm taking the Tide. See, I think Jimbo is able to cover. I, I, really? I, yeah, I think he's he has experience versus Nick Saban teams. Um, I think they go in there and they cover, but it's going to be like 24 points. It's going to be real close. Uh, next game, there's it's kind of a weak slate, but uh, we've got Stanford at Oregon. It's where game day is at. Stanford is minus two and a half. Shout out Lauren McSwain. She just paid me. Uh, Stanford is minus two and a half at 7.30. I do believe Bryce Love is playing. Uh, it's not it Pac-12 at dark, but it's close enough. Yeah, it's, it's a really awkward. It's going to be 7 o'clock Central, so 5 o'clock there. Yeah. Oregon, Oregon is not – the Oregon has played nobody. Right. So – I think people are hyping them up too much. Bryce Love coming back. I think Stanford covers, um, gets a big win, and probably will be the team coming out of the Pac-12 this year, probably playing the Rose Bowl because they'll lose some random game. Yep, 100%. Um, they'll lose to Washington State, and then, yeah, they'll still go to the Rose Bowl. I agree. I think, I, said, I think we said the same thing about USC week one, so who knows. Yeah, we probably did. I mean, it, the Pac-12 is just all the same. I agree, though, Stanford wins. An easy one. Uh, there's not really any other huge games in Big 12. K-State's at West Virginia at 230. West Virginia's minus 14. I love the Mountaineers on that. Uh, K-State, their just offense looks so bad um, coming up. And then also, I believe it's at 11 a.m. It's Stillwater. Tech's traveling up there. Fun fact, the over. fun fact of the week, Tech has not won in Stillwater since 2001. That's like us in Manhattan. They haven't beaten Oklahoma State in general in nine years. There's those two teams that had just one that hits over every time, mm-hmm. and two. I don't know. They just seem so similar to me. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, all right, that wraps it up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Last what? one, Tennessee, Florida. I don't want to. Nobody cares about that game. Yes, take Florida. What are no? Already here first. Okay, what's the spread? Four and a half. Really? Mm-hmm. That's my hot take. Okay. Well, how much money did you put on? I'm not. We're, never, we're done. Okay. All right. Thank you. If you're still listening to this point, we really appreciate it. Venmo me at Stuart-McLaughlin, $15 if you want a T-shirt. Uh, I will be in Austin this weekend. John, you will not be in Austin this weekend. Correct. Yeah. Everyone keep keep Venmoing. Venmoing. Wow. Uh, Stu. We're going to have to call the, the printer and say, hey, man, we're going to need to double this, double this shit. I know. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you all next week. Uh, thanks for listening. And again, Venmo me, please, and uh, hook more. Peace.
hell am I doing down in Kansas City? No damn well it ain't where I belong. Think I'll quit my job come five o'clock. If I'm alone, way back home. Well, my baby said, just what are you trying to prove here? You really wanna leave me here alone? Said I'm staring at this ocean full of Yankees. I'd rather be in Texas on my own. Yeah, we were southbound 35. We were headed down the road to hit the border by the morning. I let Texas fill my soul. You let Texas fill my soul. Start to flow about the time that I was leaving. She said, I guess you better take me along. Cause God might have made me born a Yankee. But it's time that I made Texas now my home. So we loaded her stuff on down into my pickup. We said goodbye to all my friends. Called my brother down in Austin Said I'm headed home again Yeah, now we were southbound 35 We were headed down the road Hit the border by the morning So let Texas fill my soul Yeah, let Texas fill my soul I got Texas in 